Praise the Lord. I'm going to read a verse in the book of Genesis, chapter 8, verse 20. And uh, I pray that uh, God speaks to us this morning. Genesis chapter 8, verse 20, it simply says this. And I'm reading from the New International Version of the Bible. It says, Then Noah built an altar to the Lord. And taking some of all the clean animals and clean birds, he sacrificed burnt offerings on it. Father God, I pray that you would speak to us this morning. Um, help us to understand, if we can this morning, the mystery of the altar and what happens there. I pray, Father God, that our hearts would be ready, that you would have uh, something for every one of us to hear and, and to respond to in some way. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. You know, after the flood, and we've, we've had some flooding lately, and uh, in fact, uh, some of the flooding has been so severe that people lost their lives. That's pretty severe. Uh, when people lose their lives in floods, uh, that, that's, that's bad. This was a flood. Noah experienced a flood. And after surviving this terrible flood, because not only did it rain, the Bible tells us that it, it rained uh, 40 days and 40 nights, but not only did it rain and rain heavily, uh, the Bible tells us that the ground broke open and, and water uh, came gushing up from the deep. So it was a, a violent, a violent uh, flood, it, not just falling from the sky, but water, uh, torrents of water just coming from everywhere. And after the flood was done, after the waters receded, the first thing that Noah did when he stepped his foot on dry ground, before he built a house, before he relaxed, kicked back on solid ground, no longer is the floor moving, the, the, the ark, you know, swaying and, and, and rocking and moving around. The very first thing he did was to build an altar. He didn't do anything else. He built an, author, an, an altar. Now, remember that he had been on this ark for uh, nearly a year. Uh, it, it rained for 40 days and 40 nights. He had got on the ark originally a week before the rain started. It rained, and, and after the 40 days and 40 nights, it was another 150 days before the water began to recede, before dry land showed up. And, and, and it's hard to kind of estimate some of the other days, but some say it's more than a year. Others, at least 270 days before he got off the ark. They were inmates on the ark. They were, they were incarcerated on the ark for all of this time. But the first thing he did when he stepped on the dry ground was to meet with God, to build an altar and meet with God right there beside the, beside the ark. Returning thanks to God. 
mercy, thanking God for his mercy, you know, for saving his family, for save. I'm sure he heard the screams of who knows how many people once God shut the door on the ark. When they were starting to, to take off, the, the, and you could feel the, the ark starting to lift off the ground and people banging on the side, let us in, help us, save us, right? He had to live through that. And after, after having seen, you know, who knows if he saw bodies floating in the waters as, as the ark was, was taken off. A, a terrible time. It was a terrible time in the world. People died. They lost their lives. The whole world was transformed. But the first thing he did, recognizing that God saved him and his family. That every day that he woke up, every day that he was there, and he'd see his wife and his, and his sons and to thank God. Man, you know what? The, the first thing he did was to build an altar, a meeting space with God. The first thing was to say, thank you, God, for saving us. God, I see you. I see you. There's nothing here on the earth anymore, but I see you and I want to thank you. I recognize your grace in my life today. I saw you move in my life these last, who knows how many days, they were on, I, but I see you moving in my life. I know it was you. You're the reason why I'm here today. And I'm going to build an altar. I'm going to meet you here. He may have had his doubts at the time when God was urging him to build this thing. You know, to build an ark in the middle of nowhere where there was no water anywhere to be seen and start building a boat. I'm sure he was mocked. I'm sure people made fun of him. And I'm sure he may have had days where he had his doubts about why am I doing what I'm doing? Why am I here doing this stuff? But God, when God saved his family and when the ark finally landed and he was able to step off and and, and, and have a fresh start, it was at that point where the sacrifice was well worth it. Man, it was worth it. God, you thought of me. You saved me. Why, why how did you know me? And, and, and how did you choose me out of all the people that could have been saved? So the first thing he did was to build an altar. This was the very first structure built on the earth after the flood wasn't a, a house built. The very first thing built after the flood was a place to meet with God. That's heavy, man. Everything else had been destroyed. In fact, this was the very first mention of an altar right here. Cain and Abel, they uh, offered sacrifices to God, but there was no mention of an altar. And some say it was probably because God walked with them, walked among them. There was no need for an altar. God was present. But here, in the absence of a garden, the, the Garden of Eden was gone. Without any place to meet with God. Uh, with the garden gone, God's visible presence is gone. He's no longer walking with them in the cool of the day. You don't see him there. He's not present there. There's no place where we meet with God. No sanctuaries. But when you need to meet with God, you can create a space. And that's exactly what he did. The first thing he did. And it's here where you meet with God. Here at the altar. It's not like you can't talk to God anywhere else because you can. But there is something about the altar that is different. Something about the altar that is special. It's unlike any other place. When we create the space to say, God, I need to see you here at this place. 
I need to give thanks to you here at this place. I want to remember all of the benefits you've provided for me and my family. Something happens at the altar. It happens there. Something. It's a mystery, and I wish I could explain it all. The altar is a place where God and people meet face to face. It's a place of exchange where people would give up something in exchange from, for something from God. It's when we, we gather at an altar and bow before God. It's, we, we bring something and we walk away without it. We leave it there at the altar and we are transformed. Something takes place. People meet God at the altar whenever significant events took place in their lives. All throughout the scriptures, we see where people would meet with God and some event takes place and, and they would build an altar as a sign of, of remembrance that it was at this place that God did something in my life. And even today, to this very day, archaeologists are still finding altars uh, dating as far back as 5,000 years all over the place where people have had encounters with the living God. Lives transformed, people giving thanks. Noah built an altar. And, and if, you, if you've noticed, if you've ever read this story before, there were no instructions from God. God didn't say, when you get off the boat, this is what I want you to do. Once you step on the dry ground, this is what I want you to do. Before now, Noah did nothing without specific instructions from God. He never did anything without instructions from God. He built the ark on God's command. He gathered animals by God's command. In fact, for all the time he was on the boat, man, he, all, all he ate was vegetables according to God's command. If it was some of us, right? God, God would say, wasn't there another cow? You know, you'd have walked out, you know, with, with a, you know, genuine leather suit, you know, <laughs> toothpick, you know, chickens missing, pigs missing. But by the command of God, the entire time he was on the ark, he ate vegetables. Noah waited for instructions on everything, getting on the ark getting off the ark, but when it comes to the altar, he was self-motivated. He was self-directed, self-driven. Nobody needed to say anything. No prompting, no pushing, no coercion. Man, you know what? Right now, I need to talk to God. Right now, I need to meet with God. Nobody has to say anything. You know it. You know when that time comes. He simply knew. Right now, this is where I need to be. And he gave himself completely to the Lord. He gave his family completely to the Lord. This is what you do when God graciously carries you through storms, through hardships. If you've ever been through storms and hardships, you build an altar. This is what he did. He built an altar. When you realize that God has provided for you, you build an altar. This is what you do when you survive conflict. You ever survive conflict, illness, hardship, you know, violence, survive, man, I, you know, I, I was, man, I should make t-shirts. I survived Inglewood's Unified School District, you know. You build an altar, right? 
You survive incarceration, you build an altar, man. Thank God I made it. I'm here. When your needs have been met and you don't know how, I'm going to build an altar. I'm going to thank God for what God has done in my life. This is what you do. When, when you discover that still small voice has not led you astray and, and, and he's been speaking to you from day one and you've listened and you followed the directions of God and you realize God has been with me from day one, man, I'm going to build an altar. My God, I hear you. God, I see you. I, I hear you, your voice in my life. We build an altar. We give thanks to God. And if Noah's first act was to build an altar to God, certainly we can find the time after a long week, after a tough week, after a, a hard day at work, right, to come home and say, man, this, you know, uh, after the trials and the pressures and the hardships, after dealing with people, you know, uh, dealing with devils, man, dealing with devil people and all kinds of different things, to find a place to meet with God. To offer thanksgiving that God helped, helped to see you through. That, he, that you survived the week. To worship God. To offer thanks to God. We need to build altars. We need to find a place in our, in our homes. In our, uh, you know, uh, somewhere at bedside. Uh, in the car when we're driving. Say, you know, right now, God, this is an altar. This is no longer the 405. This is an altar. And I want to give thanks to you. I thank you for my family. I thank you for my marriage. I thank you for my salvation. And we offer up. When they, when they would place an animal on the, on the altar of sacrifice, they'd set that thing on fire. And in their minds, and in, in, in the way they imagined what was happening was that they're taking this animal, and as they burn it, it, they're offering it up in the smoke and the fire, that they're offering it up to God. It is given up to God. It is being offered to him. And at the altar, when we come to the altar, the same thing happens. We offer up prayers to him, that God hears. They would say that, man, Lord, let the fragrance of this, this offering be, be uh, you know, pleasant. Let it be fragrant. Let it uh, be a beautiful thing as God receives it and he smells the, the aroma of, of the altar. I mean, it smells like, you know, carnitas. And I don't, I don't know if they, they cook pigs, but, you know, uh, but the smell of barbecue, maybe. You know, I don't know. Offering up to God. We have uh, food after service, right? Yeah. But this is what happens at the altar. First of all, it's a place of meeting. It's an invitation to meet God in this place. If you can imagine, I saw pictures of what Florida looked like after the, the hurricane and the, all the, the flooding and the, the water. Uh, Noah said, and I'm sure that the earth looked similar once the waters receded, everything washed away. Noah said, in this place, I'm going to create a space where God meets me in this place, in a broken place, in an empty place, a, a place where there was turmoil and tragedy. I, I'm going to invite God, and it's a place of meeting. I want to meet God here. I don't have to go down there to meet God. I'm going to meet him right here. I'm going to transform this place. I'm going to make this place a sanctuary. If it's your home, if it's, uh, you know, wherever you may be, you can say, you know, I want to meet God here. I need to meet God here. The altar is a place of meeting, an invitation to meet God in this place. And there will be times where the presence of God may not be visible. 
He's no longer walking in the Garden of Eden. He may not be visible. You may not hear his voice. Uh, Noah had no doubt that God was there, was present, but, but he may not be visible. You may not hear his voice. You may not feel his presence. Yet he says, you know what? I'm going to create an altar and invite God. And I'm going to invite myself to meet with God here at this place. It's an invitation. And he had no doubt that God could be reached. It doesn't matter where this altar is built. The building of an altar was an invitation for transformation. An invitation, not just to transform him, but it transforms this place. It becomes a solemn place. It's where we meet with God. It's where we talk with God. It's where we meet, we bring something. We bring our burdens and we just leave it there on the altar. We leave it there for God and we say, God, you know what? In exchange for this, can you give me a, a, a peace? In exchange for, for this burden, can you give me grace? And we meet with God in a very special way. Paradise was swept away. The garden was gone. And you may not see God walking in the midst of the garden in the cool of the day, but you can build an altar and you can meet with God face to face. It's a place of meeting. Secondly, it's a place of giving. The altar represents gratitude. It, it, it represents a place where we can become generous with God. After all of these days of eating the, the vegetables, because God told Noah, hey, you know, go on this boat, and I want you to store up for yourself grain and all kinds of things for yourself, your family, and for the animals. They were to feed them, you know, whatever, you know, barley, wheat, rice. I don't know what they fed them. But, but you store up for yourself all this stuff. And, and then the very first thing he does when he offers these, this sacrifice is he, he takes some of the clean animals, cows, bulls, whatever, goats, and he offers them to God as a sacrifice. Not to eat them. Not to barbecue and say, praise the Lord, I can finally grub. God, you know what? We've been without for a long time but to offer them up in gratitude, in generosity. God is the first to be remembered. God is the first to be served. You think about that. You think about what he's doing. God is the first served. Rather than me serving myself, rather than me uh, just you know, helping myself, God is the first to be remembered. He was generous. He was generous to God. He took from every clean animal and every clean bird, the Bible says, and offered it as a tribute to God. God, I see you. Do you see God in your life today? God, I see you. I, I, I've seen you all these days. I've seen you last week. Oh, it was your hand, God, that helped me. It was your voice that guided me. It was your spirit that protected me. I see you, and I want to give to you. And so he gave as a tribute to God. He could have said, man, God, you know what? Everything in the world is dead. It's, it's probably best that we preserve as much as we can. And, you know, we'll just eat a little bit of this, you know, and, and move on from here. But no, he was with gratitude and generosity gave to the Lord. Thirdly, it's a place of receiving. It's a place of receiving. We expect something to happen at the altar. Something happens at the altar. I, I, you know, whenever I go and make an altar call, I expect something to happen in my life. 
It's a place of receiving. Philippians 4, chapter 4, verses 6 and 7 says this. It says, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And then something happens, the Bible says. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. That even in the midst of chaos and turmoil, even in the midst of emptiness and whatever it is you may be going through, God does something to you. He does something to me. And we are changed. What's interesting is that altars are mentioned all throughout the Bible. I, I, I was looking at it, man, nearly 400 times. This word or this idea of altar comes up. In fact, I was looking in the book of Re Revelation seven times. Altars are mentioned in Revelation. They never go away. They never go away from the very first thing he does in the very beginning all the way through Revelation. But the, the altar in Revelation can talk. Did you know that? It speaks. It has a voice. It's personified. The altar finally is able to speak. The very last mention of the altar in the Bible, the altar is talking. It's talking. It's talking to God. God is, is, is pouring out judgment on the earth. And the angels are, are, are doing whatever. God says, you know what, do this. And, and they're taking off and they're doing what God is saying. Do this. And they're, boom, they're, you know, rivers turn to blood. You know, entire, you know, it, God is scorching the land. And people thought, God, you know what, your judgment is a little too harsh. Your judgment is a little too harsh. It's a little too unsympathetic. You, you know, there's too much, God. Can you, can you back off a little bit? This is a little too much judgment in the world. And then the angel says, no, I don't know. Because we've been around and we've been flying here and there. Man, I, I, we, we used to hang out in Inglewood. I don't know if this is too harsh. You know, and then the altar speaks up. The altar. And the altar says... Yes, Lord, God Almighty, true and just, you are right in your judgments. Right? The altar says, do your thing, God. Do your thing. The judgment fits the offense. Do what you're doing in the world. The altar tells God, you're right what you're doing. Because I know what happens here. I know who's forgiven here. I know who comes and what they exchange for righteousness here. I know who's been invited and refuses. Where prayers are made, where sins are forgiven, where sacrifices are given. And the altar remembers, and so it speaks up on behalf of those it represents. The altar speaks to God as a witness on your behalf, agreeing that God is true in his judgments, naming names, telling stories, because it knows and it remembers. God is faithful to the promises he makes to you here. If he makes a promise to you here, the altar remembers. The altar reminds God, no, your judgments are just. Those who have met here at the altar are forgiven. It's a place of meeting. It's a place of giving. And it's a place of receiving. There's only one altar. Whether you make an altar 
at your bedside or you come and meet with God here at this place, there's only one altar. It has one voice. Whether you come to the altar here or down the street at a different church or meet with God at home, there is only one altar, one place to meet with God, one cross where the sacrificial lamb is being sacrificed. Something happens at the altar. It's a mystery to me. I don't know what it is, but something happens at the altar. Don't neglect the altar. Amen. Father God, I thank you this morning. I thank you, Father, for what you show us in the life of Noah, a man who was obedient to you. By your word, he set his life aside. By your word, he built an ark. By your word, he gathered the animals. By your word, he cared for them. He fed them. By your word, Father God, he waited on the ark before, before disembarking into the world. But on his own, he worshiped you at the altar. On his own, he felt the call to give to you gratitude and generosity. On his own, my God, he was transformed there at that place. And he transformed that place. And I pray, Father God, that we as your people would meet you at the altar. That we would build places, whether it be at home, that we would respond to you, my God. Give us a sensitivity, my God, to hear your voice as you speak, to recognize what you've done in our lives throughout the week, to know that your hand has been upon us, the time when you've intervened in our lives, the time when you fought the enemy on our behalf, when you've broken, my God, the chains of bondage, and we recognize your presence in our lives, where you've confronted darkness, where you've protected our minds and our hearts, where you've silenced the voice of the enemy, where you've walked with us and protected our family and our children, where those who, who, have, who have been able to inflict harm, you've, you've thwarted the plans of the enemy. You've turned things around, things that we're unaware of, but you've been present for us. Oh, help us to build altars to you, places of memory, places of thanksgiving, places just simply to meet with you and to say, God, I see you. I see you in these many ways in my life where you've shown up. I can't do it on my own. So I thank you today. I thank you. Meet God at the altar. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Amen. You know, this morning, if God has spoken to you, and perhaps, perhaps, you know, we've gone on, and um, man, thank God for his grace and his goodness, and he's provided for us a roof over our heads, and health, and jobs and family and marriage and children and oh God thank you oh my God we thank you for everything but we were never guaranteed health we were never guaranteed life salvation never guaranteed family oh God we see that at your hand you provided good things all good things come from you 
And this morning, Lord God, we don't want to neglect our gratitude to you, Lord God. Help us, my God. Teach us to build altars, my God, throughout the day to step aside and say thank you to you, Lord God. To step aside throughout the day and to erect an altar, a memory, one that marks a spot where you've changed us, where we acknowledge your presence in our lives, my God. We thank you this morning. Have your way right here at this place. Oh God, and as the altar remembers, Father God, when we see you face to face, oh God, I pray, Father God, that you would remember our prayers at the altar, the sacrifices we make at the altar, the things that we leave here, the things we've struggled with, my God, the, the hardships, my God, addictions, Father God. Oh God, the struggles, my God, the fears, Father, all the stuff that we leave at the altar, my God, that you would take from us and exchange it, Father God, for strength, for joy, for grace, oh God. Oh, we thank you for the altar, Father God. Move in our lives, we pray in Jesus' name.